This episode of Stick Like Blue Radio is brought to you by Jim Palmer's Create Your Dream Business Now Academy, a one-of-a-kind business growth event where Jim will personally teach you how to market and grow your own dream business. You'll learn some of the best marketing and business building advice, all in a pitch-free zone. Jim will reveal step-by-step how to create a million-dollar platform, and you'll learn how to generate a ton of content with ease and how to attract a steady stream of new customers. At Dream Business Academy, you'll network with other successful entrepreneurs and also learn from rock star entrepreneur and Jim's personal mindset coach, Melanie Benson-Strick. This not-to-be-missed event is May the 4th through the 6th in beautiful San Diego, California, and will quite literally transform your business. Do not miss it. Get all the details and register today at www.dreambizacademy.com. That's dreambizacademy.com. Hey, friends, this is James Malinchak, featured on ABC's hit TV show, Secret Millionaire, and founder of BigMoneySpeaker.com, and you are listening to my good friend, Jim Palmer, on Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Those are always great things. I don't care what your business is. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. As always, I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. I am really excited about this week's show, folks. My special guest is author, organizational consultant, uh, Dr. Joni Connell, let me briefly introduce her and we'll bring her right on. Dr. Joni B. Connell is an author, organizational consultant, and leadership coach who helps people achieve their highest potential. She works with companies to develop and retain top talent. She works with people to improve their success and happiness in their careers, whether they're just starting out or looking for a change. Dr. Connell is the author of Flying High Without a Helicopter, Flying Without a Helicopter, How to Prepare Young People for Work and Life. She regularly gives keynote speeches to schools, youth groups, corporations, and parents. Uh, Dr. Joni also works with organizations from Fortune 100 to not-for-profit and government and teaches at distinguished universities in the nation, including UCSD. She received her doctorate from UC Berkeley and her bachelor's from Harvard, so I'm guessing she's going to be laughing at my use of the English language. (laughs) Dr. Joni, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good. I hope you can roll with my uh, eighth grade (laughs) grasp of the English language. So anyway, thanks for being on my program. Well, don't worry. Yeah, I studied engineering at Harvard, so I don't know if I was the best language student there either. <laughs> okay. My audience is is used to me by now, that's for sure. So um, mm-hmm. I know right before we went on, you told me um, you've been an entrepreneur for about 10 years. You started a business, and you do uh, you do some consulting with CEOs and, and parents and things like that. Can you give us kind of a brief introduction about uh, about your background? Sure. 
Well, as I just said, I started out as an engineer, actually, and uh, uh, right out of school, I was an engineer in Silicon Valley for almost 10 years, and I found that I was just so much more interested in the people problems than the electrical ones, and it wasn't my passion. So I ended up going back to graduate school at Berkeley and studied psychology, and that's where I ended up merging my interests in the technology and the people and studied uh, how people communicate differently in the different media that we work in, media, uh, in terms of uh, chatting and online and email and face-to-face and phone and all that. And there's actually some pretty big differences there. Um, and that's what I ended up doing my dissertation on. And I started working as a psychologist out of grad school and helping people uh, do better work in remote teams. And I still do a lot of that. And I was teaching and, and doing that and doing a lot of research, and I found that to actually make more of a difference in consulting, I had to get out there on my own. And that's when I started Flexible Work Solutions. And the company started out really focusing on the flexibility in the workplace, the telecommuting and uh, working in virtual teams. And as I said, I still do that, but... A lot of it is basically leadership development, which is generally what I've studied and, and become an expert in over the years. And um, that's what I've been doing for about 10 years now. And one of the things that kept me going as an entrepreneur is wanting to really define my hours and also where I work and doing a lot more work locally for the longest time while my daughter was growing up. And that was... Uh, something that let me do that as an entrepreneur as opposed to working in a corporation where the hours are more defined. Yeah. That's so that's, that's essentially it, my entrepreneurial. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's a great story, and I like how, um, you know, you figured out how to make sure you, you keep a priority with your kids as well. So that's uh, that's something a lot of entrepreneurs strive for. Unfortunately, a lot of people get in the entrepreneurial world and they end up working twice as many hours as as they do, but um, it's a, it's certainly a good challenge. You know, I'm really fascinated with the whole millennial thing. Um, you know, th- just the way they, the way uh, how differently they are communicating, what's important to them. I mean, there's just so much going on. Do you? I know you work with corporations and CEOs. Is that is that often a topic that they want to address, or is that something that they're not even sure is an issue, even if it is within their company? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do, and it's exactly what people are concerned about right now. In fact, that's what led me to write my book. You know, I was doing a lot of consulting with leaders and organizations and, you know, about various things, and these complaints kept coming up about the new millennial generation coming in. And, you know, clearly the millennials have fantastic skills, and they're very well-educated and prepared in a lot of ways. But they also seem to be missing some some things like communication skills, as you mentioned, and being as, not being as resilient and, and independent as the managers expected them to be. And it was so so frequent that I was getting these complaints that I I realized something had to be done. And at the same time, my daughter was much younger, and I was looking at the way things were going with different parents around and in the education and schools and seeing, like, why this is happening. How come we're getting here? And that is because there's a lot of helicoptering going on, both at home and in, at school, and finding that 
the kids aren't learning the skills that they need to in terms of the life skills. They're learning so much in education, but in terms of the life skills and how to be resilient and tough and make mistakes and and bounce back and do things and make decisions independently, those are skills that seem to be lacking. And, And I had that connection and put it all together from both sides. In the workplace, these are the skills that are needed, and this is what's missing, and why they're missing. And that's why I wrote the book. And uh, it really appeals to a lot of people in organizations right now, as well as parents. You know, it's, uh, I heard that term, gosh, let's see, 28, probably 10 years ago now, when my girls uh, yeah. were going off to school. And, um, you know, when you go up there for orientation, the kids go one way, and, and then the parents go to the auditorium <laughs> and this person gets up and I was like I was probably raising my eyebrows like okay what are we here for a big lecture and she used this term don't be a helicopter parent you gotta let them hmm. spread their wings and fall down and skin their knee and stuff like that which I thought was interesting but so do you think that's becoming much more of a problem even today it's, it's the whole helicopter parent thing it's, yeah actually it's continuing to happen and there's the next generation is not named yet. Some people are calling them the Z generation. They tend to be born after 2000. And you look at the way people are. I mean, if you look at the society, we're so concerned about protecting our kids because of 9-11 and other terrorism activities that have been going on. And people are concerned and media puts out uh, stories about people being abducted. And so we think that our children are at risk essentially all the time. And so, you know, these kind of feelings and anxieties have grown in our society and we react by protecting our kids. And at the same time, there's been a lot of competition out there. The the globe has shrunk and there are more people trying to get into the same number of slots in colleges right now and jobs when we get out there too. And we find that the competition is so tough that parents are doing a lot for their kids. They are, that's the other term there, the lawnmower parent who clears the path ahead of the child so the kid doesn't have to run into any barriers. And then they don't learn how to handle them when they're an adult. So these are going on and it's continuing. The the next generation of kids are, are growing up perhaps even more so, more protected and, and um, problems being solved for them. It's not going away. Yeah. What do you think about some of the – now, do you work a lot, or it's probably all over the place, but where is your primary focus, with corporations, or do you work with small business owners as well with some of these things? Yeah, you know, I do a lot of work with medium-sized organizations uh, when I work with executives, but also in terms of training and uh, consulting people, organizations of all different sizes. So, yeah, all over the place. San Diego actually has uh, the most entrepreneurial uh, sort of environment around. We're known as an entrepreneurial city. So there are a lot of people who are small businesses here. Yeah, you really are. It's a beautiful place to live for sure. How... um, What do you think are the biggest challenges that managers have with younger employees today? You know, one of the things I think about is how many – because I actually had a conversation like this with um, one of my boys who's like uh, 32, and um, he's he's basically job-jumped 
a term I would use, at 57, he's job mm-hmm. jumped about every three to five years. And he actually sees no problem with that. And perhaps I'm outdated. Maybe that's just current. But what do you think of some of the challenges that managers have? Like you want to hire some good people and bring them on, train them, and keep them going. But next thing you know, people leave, seem to be leaving a lot sooner. Well, that's definitely a problem. But I would say the biggest problem, the overarching problem, is a mismatch in expectations uh, between the people of the different generations. So the manager has one set of expectations hiring the person, and the person coming on has a different set of expectations. And so uh, we find that, you know, that's what creates the, the problems because it's not necessarily, necessarily the case that one is right and one is wrong. It's just that when you don't have the same set of expectations and don't agree on how things are going to get done or what will be done, then we have a big problem. So what I often t- tell people to do is start out with uh, getting the understanding going, having uh, a discussion about what the expectations are, especially from the manager's perspective, as even before you hire the person during the job interviews, giving somewhat of a realistic job preview. One of the reasons that the millennials are job hopping so much is because they really want interesting work. There was actually some interesting uh, research out there lately about how they have a higher um, desire to have fulfilling work than making more money. And not all work is always fulfilling, right, especially when you're starting it at the bottom, right? So we get in and we're doing some grunt work, and it's not ultimate fulfillment, we jump in to do, try something else that might be better, rather than understanding that, hey, maybe you're going to have to you know, get through some of this and practice a little bit, and um, maybe then you move up and get into something more interesting. And so if we have some of these expectations in place, and the manager says, look, you've spent the first six months doing these kinds of things, and then the next six months you can move on to something else, you know, then, then we can clarify that, and the person can choose before they get hired, whether or not that's acceptable to them. Mm. So it really is about uh, doing the prep work first and not just filling the slots, right? So finding the best person, having expectations met and things like that. I mean, you read all about that. I, there's so many companies I know don't do that, though. <laughs> no, that's what oh, they call yeah. you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I do a lot of assessment work, actually, especially in the um, higher-level positions because that's where – it can make such a huge difference, and no matter what level you're at, you really want to figure out what the, the needs are of the organization and what you want the person to be doing, and, and can they meet those needs. But at the same time, you want to make sure that they know what they're getting into, because if you start telling them how great your company is and how they're going to have all this time off, they can come in and go at any time they please, and then they show up and it's not the case, you know, that they actually only get a week off and that they have to be there at 8 in the morning, what have we done? We've created a situation where the person's not going to be happy. So we need to be more honest about what uh, what we're going to offer the person and uh, make it clear that it's something that the person wants to do and is willing to do uh, for them to stick around and be effective at it. Boy, I, don't, I won't ask you so many questions. Um, I won't, am I going to go to business or kids? Let me stay with kids because I'm really interested in that. How how do you think okay. parents are getting in the way of their children's success? Ooh, how are parents getting in the way of their children's success? I think the biggest way is that they are doing it for them. They are out there trying to create a situation for the kid to be successful rather than uh, – 
being in the backgrounds and coaching the kid to be successful the way they are going to be good at it. So there are two things that are important there. One is you know, taking care of problems for these kids. You know, it seems like the right thing to do, and we all have that urge. We all want to make it better, and we don't want to see our kids unhappy or disappointed. But sometimes they need that for the long run to be able to grow and learn from experience and learn how to do it uh, and succeed on their own. Uh, the second thing is also realizing that you can't always get what you want. I mean, you have kids and you want them to be this or that or, you know, a football star or a doctor or a lawyer or something, and maybe that's just not who they are. And so you have to realize that they are who they are and, and perhaps uh, standing back a little bit and helping them achieve with their own uh, disposition and personality and talents is a way that will make everybody happier. What do you think um... – what are some things we could do right now to help our kids be more resilient? I think, you know, my kids are all grown. My, my youngest girls are 28, and my, i got a 30- and a 33-year-old son. But, um, you know, w- what do you think are the biggest challenges um, that are facing parents who, who truly want to have kids that are more resilient? I mean, one of the things that drives me crazy, I don't mean to go on a rant here, but, you know, when you see kids that are still living at home at, like, 25, 30 years old or Gosh, I hope you're not doing that because I've just insulted you. <laughs> no, probably no not. I don't mind that. I'm aiming to nah. get her out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like when when do you when do they go out and become an adult and just experience the highs, the lows, the scary stuff, the the fall downs, and things like that? I mean, what? Because life is just so full of challenges, and I just think. You know, when I see some of the stuff going on today with schools and stuff where everybody's going to get a trophy just for showing up, and and that's not reality. So anyway, I don't want to get on my soapbox here about parenting. I'm glad I escaped in in pretty good fashion. So what are some of the things that that, uh, parents could do right now um, to help their kids be more resilient? Or, you know, we could also include employers if somebody's working with with a younger crew. How do we, and we truly want to, you know, offer better leadership to help them uh, achieve more, what are some of the things we could do? That's a pretty small question, I realize. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there are a couple of things. I mean, help them build resilience is letting them make mistakes and learn from the mistakes and uh, get better as a result and get stronger as a result of making them. Uh, Not expecting perfection. See, a lot of parents, today, not necessarily employers, but parents more want their kids to be just these amazing people that are non-existent because, I mean, you can't be just perfect at everything. But we're looking for our kids to be athletic, artists, you know, scholars, everything, uh, and top of their class and getting into these great schools and having over a 4.0 average. And that's that's just not, I mean, that's not who we are probably, you know. Um, we all have our strengths and our gaps as well. So not expecting perfection and, and helping people make mistakes. Now, helping people make, make mistakes requires a couple of things. First of all, it requires you to empower them, to let them have some power to do something where they can make a mistake instead of keeping control over the results and, and the actions so that they don't actually get to make the mistake. So it means letting go. 
as a parent or a manager. It, it means letting go a little bit, and it means doing it in a thoughtful way so that you're not handing over an entire project or letting the kid take the keys to the car and do a road trip when they just got their license. You know, it's it's making decisions that, that they can go off and do things with risks that are smaller and gaining um, as they go along, you know, so that they will learn as they go and grow and be able to take on larger risks and larger responsibilities as they move forward. So it's in part for the the parent or the manager to let go. It's to also give these folks some responsibilities. And then the last step there is to stand back and be a coach rather than taken over when the things go bad or when the person doesn't know how to do it. Now, as a parent, you know this. The kids are great at telling your that they don't know how to do it and you do it better and can't you just do it for them. You know, they have this way of telling you these things and you have to stop from letting that happen. You have to say, no, 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 even if it pains you. Like when your kid is tiny and they're just learning how to tie shoes and you want to get out of the house, you have to wait an extra five minutes for them to tie and then have it fall and then tie and then have it fall and then finally get it, you know, and, and you might be uh, running later than you expected to. And this happens at work, too. We want a presentation to go well, and we know the person who's doing it the first time isn't going to do it as well as the person who is very uh, experienced at it. But in certain cases, that's okay. They can do a good enough job. They can do it maybe a little differently than you would do it. And so letting them have these opportunities and then coaching them through it when they do make the mistakes, asking them, well, what were your plans? What were you trying to achieve? Uh, How did you go about doing it? Um, What went wrong? What can we do next time to make it go better? And helping them see for themselves what some of the issues are and how to solve the problems rather than you telling them, this is what you need to do, X, Y, Z, and then you'll be great. So you help them figure this out, and that will help them grow more and be more resilient and independent in the process. And I, I think you said something really important there. Let them make mistakes. You know, I think even in the life of an entrepreneur, the more mistakes you make, I think the more successful you're going to be because you're going to, you know, you're going to yeah. find out what works. People that are afraid to make mistakes aren't doing much, in my opinion. So, I think that's got crossover. Um, you know, I know you're an expert in uh, flexible work. You talked about that's one of the reasons you started your business. Um, is it really possible for busy people to have some kind of a work-life balance? Is is that just a is that just a, a cute phrase that everybody gets warm when they think about it? But in, is it in reality is it easy to achieve, hard to achieve, or impossible? Well, it <laughs> I like to think it's possible, and really it's a matter of prioritizing. If you get down to it, you need to think about what your values are at the core. And usually people value being healthy because if you don't, then it's probably not going to be the case that you're going to be able to perform as well as you want to. So finding out that you need to be healthy, you need to have a healthy mind and a healthy body, uh, really tends to let people realize that they need to have a bit more balance and take care of themselves. So what I recommend that people do is think about what is important to them and prioritize and pick out a few core things 
you know, and, and looking into inside to say, well, what's stopping you from doing it? And um, wh- how can you really overcome some of these issues? Now, this is a time management issue. And we often find that we end up spending a lot more time on things that aren't that important and aren't necessary um, because we think we should be doing them. But if you look back at your values and your priorities, you might find that you can get rid of some of those busy things that you're doing and really focus on the ones that are important. I talk to busy people about this all the time. And once they realize that having that balance is going to, you know, keep their family together or keep their heart pumping, well, these are some real issues that people are going with who are not balanced. You know, it becomes a priority for them, and they realize, wow, if I don't do this, it's, nothing's going to be worth it in the end. So uh, it's important to prioritize and make it happen. Very cool. Man, this, this half hour flew by very quickly. Joni, I'm sure people want to uh, connect with you. They probably want to get your book. I'd, I'd recommend that. Where can they get your book, and what's a good website for them to uh, connect with you and learn more? Well, my book is at flyingwithout.com. That's an easy way to find the book, and it's available in all the uh, usual places, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your independent bookstores. Uh, my corporate website is flexibleworksolutions.com. And that has everything on it, and that's a great way to reach me as well. Good. Joni, thanks so much. It's been uh, it's fun. I, I like when I can get off the topic of marketing once in a while and just have some good conversations about family and, and you know kids and achieving more because it's, it's all important. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Well, thank you. This has been really fun questions to talk about. All right. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with author and organizational consultant, Dr. Joni Connell. Stick Like Glue, remember, it's the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. I'm, as always, committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio this time next week. And until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Hey, now go out there and do something nice for somebody today. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.